I want you to turn with me this morning to the book of Acts, chapter 2, and I'm going to read verses 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as of Fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. Verse 4 says, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I want to talk about the Holy Ghost today. I want to talk about Pentecost today. I want to talk about the power of the Spirit of God today. Is anybody with me? Notice it says in verse 1, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. Here is a simple key to receiving God's best blessings. You got to be there. I said, you got to be there. You have to be at the right place at the right time. When it's time to show up, you got to be there. You can't stay home when you should be in church. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. You know, in Acts chapter 1, verse 4, we read that after his resurrection, Jesus commanded his disciples, wait right here. He didn't suggest. He commanded them, do not leave this city until you receive the Holy Spirit. That is the gift of the Holy Spirit. And actually, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 6 tells us that after his resurrection, Jesus appeared to over 500 brethren, 500 brothers in the Lord at one time, after his resurrection. But on the day of Pentecost, there were only 120 people in that upper room. So what happened to the other 380? I said, what happened to the other 380? He appeared to 500. What happened to the other 380? I guess they went out and started the Presbyterian church. I don't know, but they were not there. Many Christians miss it because they are not there. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You got to be there. Look at someone next to you and say, you got to be there. Don't you know the one Sunday you decide to stay home is the one Sunday that you needed to be here. That's the one time when God especially had a word from you. And when you have all kinds of distractions, oh, my car's not working, my child was sick, my grandmother in Kohima wants me to go, that most likely means the enemy is working overtime to keep you out because he knows better than you that God has a special blessing for you. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to be there. Say it with a little enthusiasm. you got to be there. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 14, it says this, And all these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. These folks were not only in the same place, they had the same heart. They had the same mind. They had the same purpose. They were in unity. They were in one accord. What would have happened if Mary and her other sons decided to have a hostile takeover of the leadership of the church? Or what would have happened if there was an ugly political campaign that arose to replace Judas? I don't think the Spirit of God would have moved in the way that the Lord intended. You see, there's power when we come together. I mean, that would be a miracle for the whole church to come together, but... Not only that, but when there are one accord, 
One place is one thing, but one heart and one mind, that's another thing. Come on, most people are on different channels. Some, some come to church to show off their new clothes. Some come because it's their time to sing. Some come because, you know, they got some other special program going. Some come to see if their girlfriend is still here this morning. These people not only had the same mind, they had God's mind. They were here. When you want what God wants for the same reason that God wants it, you are unstoppable. Did you hear me now? They were in unity. Notice this scripture verse, Psalm 133, verse 1. Psalm 133, verse 1. Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. And that means sisters too, doesn't it? It's good, but how good is it? Well, verse 2. It is like the precious oil on the beard, running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. Now, you and I read that, you know, in the 21st century, and you think, what? It's like aftershave lotion? I, don't, I mean, it's like, what, having oil on your beard? What is that? What, what kind of a blessing is that? David is referring to the time that Moses anointed his brother Aaron with the holy anointing oil. He poured that oil on his head to consecrate him, to dedicate him, and to empower him to stand in the office of high priest. And that oil symbolizes the anointing. It symbolizes the power of the Holy Spirit. So it is so good when we're together in unity. Why? Because that's where the oil flows. I said, that's where the oil of God's spirit flows. Hallelujah. But of course, the opposite is also true. We could paraphrase it this way. Verse 1, how bad and unpleasant it is when brothers are together in disunity because the oil will not flow. That's why the enemy works so hard to create division and disunity and strife in the church. Because he knows if he can pit brother against brother, sister against sister, believer against believer, if there's animosity, friction, strife, all of that stuff like that, that'll stop the flow of the Holy Ghost. And that, that'll keep burdens from being removed. That'll keep yokes from being destroyed. That's why you're going to have lots of opportunities to be offended in this church. Don't take a single one of them. I'm very offended by what you said last Sunday, Pastor John. Just because you're offended, that doesn't mean you're right. Amen. So no matter what it is, and I'm sure there'll be little things you don't like and you don't like the way somebody looked or looked at you funny or whatever it is, just dismiss that. Don't, don't hold on to that. Forgive and forget. Maybe you looked at them funny too. Who knows? But just forget it. Hallelujah. Because we, we need God to work in our lives. We need something only the Holy Spirit can do. And disunity will stop the move of the Spirit of God. Now notice Acts chapter 2 verse 2. And suddenly there came from heaven the sound of a mighty rushing wind. Wind is a type of the Spirit. In other words, in the Bible, we see wind symbolically, you know, represents the Holy Spirit. Jesus, talking about the new birth in John chapter 3, verse 8, compared the Holy Spirit to wind. You see the wind, but you, and it blows wherever it wishes, but you don't know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who's born of the Spirit. I can't see the Holy Spirit, just like I can't see the wind, but I can see the effects of the Holy Spirit. 
I can see the results of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. But in Acts chapter 2, this was not a gentle breeze. This was not even a spring zephyr. This was a mighty rushing wind. This was a holy cyclone. The Greek language says it was a blast. This was an explosion. And the sound was evidently so loud, it reverberated throughout the city of Jerusalem. That's why people in the, in the, preced- the following verses say from every quarter, they came to see what was going on in that upper room. The church age began with an explosion of power. My friends, it's one thing to be born of the Spirit. It's another thing to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. It's one thing to have the Holy Spirit living in you, and that's first and foremost. But it's another thing to have the Holy Spirit come upon you and fill you and empower you. One experience gives you life. The other gives you power. One experience makes you a child of God. The other equips you for service. And students, you know that, right? I said, you know that, right? Oh, God bless you. All right. God wants everyone to be born again. But God also wants every believer to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The turning point in my life came when I was baptized with the Holy Spirit. I was born again as a young boy in the Presbyterian church. Thank God I had at least one Sunday school teacher. I I suppose she's in heaven today, but when I see her next time, I'll definitely thank her a thousand times because there was at least one teacher and she told us the truth. You have to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. You have to invite him into your heart. I was in church all every Sunday. I mean, I was born one Sunday. I was in church the next Sunday. And in all those years, our church never gave an altar call. Our church never even said, like, you know, if you want Jesus to be the Lord of your life, you know, we want to pray with you or, or just raise your hand or even after the service, talk to us. They never said anything like that. I think most of them weren't born again. I think they thought that because you joined the church that you're, you're, you're a citizen of heaven, and that's not true. It's one thing to be in Christ. It's another thing just to be in church. Sitting in church doesn't make you a Christian. Does sitting in the pig house make you a pig? You've got to be born again. I said, you've got to be born again. Hallelujah. That's first and foremost. And I'll never forget when I asked Jesus to come into my heart, I changed on the inside. I know. I, I was young, but I know something happened to me. In fact, if, if, if 10 theologians with, with uh, doctors of divinity all said to me, you're not really saved, you're not really a child of God, and had all of their arguments, when they got through, I would have just said, fooey on you. I don't care about your arguments. I know what happened to, to me. I know what happened in my soul. I am a child of God. And I've never doubted it. And I've never doubted it. Hallelujah. Amen. But you see, years later, when I was a student now in the university, I felt so helpless. I felt so uh, inadequate. And I was confronted by a, 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 an avalanche of secular humanism in every class and, and in society. And, 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 and the, my church just seemed so weak and, and so uh, uh, ill-prepared to meet the challenges of the day. And, and, I, and I even invited a group of Presbyterians to come to my house and pray for me. And, and uh, they were nice people, and I appreciate the fact that they came. And, and, and they shared some things with me, and I appreciate that. And, and they just kind of prayed for me, and I appreciate that. But when they left, I went up in my bed 
bedroom, and, and, I, and I just opened the window. Uh, not that that matters, but I opened the window, and I looked up toward the stars uh, because I remember God told Abraham, count the stars. If you can count them, that's how I'll multiply you. But I remember that, and then I just said, I don't know what it is, but God, there must be something more. I don't know what it is, but there must be something more than this. God heard that prayer, my friend. God heard that prayer. He answers the cry of our hearts. Hallelujah. And a short time later, I was invited to a small little home fellowship. And I happened to share some of my, my feelings of inadequacy and my, my struggles. And this person that, that I met just said to me, frankly, have you been baptized with the Holy Spirit? I had never heard that word before. Uh, even though I'd been in church my whole life, I'd never heard that expression before. And I told him, well, I was baptized, but I was a baby because Presbyterians, they baptize babies. And he said, no, I'm not talking about that. I said, I'm talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? And I said, well, I don't know. And he said, do you speak in tongues? I said, I'm at the university. I'm studying French. <laughs> Honestly, that's what I told him. He said, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about tongues. I had no idea what he was talking about. Well, to make a long story short, I found myself in a small little prayer meeting on the university campus, just a few people there. And they shared something from the word. And maybe like you today, it went in one ear and out the other. I don't even remember anything they said. But when they got through sharing, the man sharing, the brother sharing said, well, would you like to receive? And I said, yeah, that's why I came. And they were so relieved. I guess they were used to people arguing. You know, if you're just hungry for God, it's amazing where you can go. If you're going to be argumentative and stubborn, just stay where you are, dummy. Well, I know so much. Yeah, well, just look at your life. That'll tell us what you really know. Amen. If you're just hungry for God, I know I'm sounding insulting, but some people need a swift kick in the pants. You know that if you're just hungry for God, it's amazing how he can bless you. He satisfies the longing soul. I didn't know any of these verses. I didn't know any of this stuff. I didn't have a week of Bible school like that. I didn't know anything, but I was hungry for God. Yes, whatever it is, I want it. Whatever it is, I want it. They prayed for me, and they said, now begin to speak in tongues. And I thought, how do you do that? They said, just start. I said, start? How do you start? They said, you just do it. I said, just do it. Huh? And they, 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 they prayed three times. They stopped three times and said, just go ahead and speak in tongues. And I thought, oh, boy, I've gotten part of a cult. These people are crazy. Oh, no. I know I shouldn't have come to this prayer meeting. And, and they were hard. They were hard. They were old school. They weren't just kind of pray a prayer and, okay, you got it. No, they, they stayed with me. And, and, I, and I thought, well, I better do something. So I said, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And that's pretty good for Presbyterian. But they said, no, that's, that's not it. you got to speak in tongues. And I thought, tongues? How do I do that? They said, you just start. I thought, if I knew how to do it, I wouldn't need be here having you pray for me. <laughs> you know, they didn't give me a lot of instruction. Or I didn't know anything. So, I mean, I just, some kind of little syllable came out of my word. You know, shundai, bye-bye. I don't know, some kind of little something came out. And they said, that's right, keep going. And I thought, ah, pfft, you know. But I thought to placate them, I better say something. So, you know, some little syllables and sounds just kind of came out of my mouth, little chirpings, little something. And they're like, they're like, yep, 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 that's right, that's right, keep going. And I thought, well, I better just keep doing this, whatever this is, so that they'll get off my back and I can go home. And I'll go back to my Presbyterian pastor and I'll ask him what he thinks about this. I'm glad I didn't do that, actually. And um, 
So it kept coming, and now they're high-fiving each other and everything like that, and, and I'm not convinced. And it seemed like the devil, and some of you heard this story too many times, but just pretend like you're hearing it for the first time. And, and um, it seemed like the devil jumped on my back and told me, you're making this up. You're, this is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. You won't even go to heaven now. And this, uh, but I was so embarrassed, I just pushed those thoughts out of my mind, and, and, and I just kept on directly, just that, that kept flowing. And after about like a minute or two, I thought to myself, I don't think I'm smart smart enough to make this up I mean I know I'm pretty smart but I'm not that smart and then I thought well maybe maybe this this is it maybe this is it I don't know so they told me now listen don't stop just keep speaking in tongues and don't stop and that's all they said so we dismissed and I went home speaking in tongues and I had to walk across the campus speaking in tongues kind of quietly but I did and I got in my car to drive for an hour I drove home speaking in tongues and then I went in my bedroom and I prayed in tongues there. I was afraid to stop. I thought if I stopped, that's it. You can't ever do it again. That's it. Finished. Finite. Boom. Over. I got thirsty, so I drank some water. Then I had to stop because I couldn't speak in tongues and swallow water. That would be like gargling in tongues or something like that. So, <laughs> so then I, 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 I stopped drinking the water and I thought, can I still do it? I don't know. Do I have to go back there and have those guys pray for me again? I don't know. So I thought, well... Lord, I'm going to do that again. And directly, I started speaking in tongues again. And I found out I can now pray in tongues whenever I want to. Hallelujah. What's the point of that? He that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. He builds himself up. He charges himself. He, he, one Amplified Bible says he improves himself. Come on, your wife wants you to improve. Well, maybe if you pray in tongues more, she won't say that as often. Hallelujah. You not, some people say, hey, uh, be careful. Hey, okay, speaking of, but, but, but be careful. Don't do too much of that. Something bad might happen. See, they think it's possibly harmful. No, no, it's good for you. It won't make you a worse person, make you a better person. It will improve you spiritually. Hallelujah. Can I get a witness here this morning? Can anybody relate to that? Hallelujah. See, many Christians, their problem is their batteries all burned down. It's like, it's like their cell phone. You, you have a smartphone, don't you? I'm sorry you're hearing this like again, but, you know, just enjoy it the second time. So, so, you know, how many of you have a smartphone? Yeah, yeah. How many of you, your smartphone is smarter than you? Yeah, don't have to raise your hand, we know. And um, it's amazing how many apps... And applications that are on your phone. I mean, you can do banking, you can do social media, of course, you know, email, and so many, buy things online, everything under the sun. But when the battery is dead, you can't even make a call. <laughs> there are so many applications to your spirit. You can hear from God. Hallelujah. Faith comes from your spirit. Wisdom is downloaded into your spirit. You're led by the Holy Spirit through your spirit. Hallelujah. Illumination, understanding comes in your spirit. Strength from God comes in your spirit. So many applications. But when your battery is dead, when that little, little battery logo is flashing, and it got like 1% and it's flashing, you know, then uh, you can't even hardly stand up. Devil just, the devil looks at you and says, boo, and you burst out in tears. What do you do? I bet, I bet you charge up your phone every day. How many of you charge up your cell phone every day? Huh? Huh? I, I, I have my phone right there by my bed. I plug that baby in. When I come in the house, I plug it in. You know, in the, and when I come home from work, I plug it in. I just plug it in, plug it in, plug it in, plug it in. If I go somewhere and I forgot my charger, I panic. I panic, right? 
Think about if we would charge up our spirit as often as we charged up our phone. Come on, some people come to church and do three Sundays, and that's it. <laughs> that's it. Untie my bow tie. That's it. Just, just, just a real quick little, that's it. That, that's not, you don't plug your cell phone in for three Sundays. That, that baby's there, you know, till it's full. So some of you just need to pray in the spirit until your spirit is saturated, till you're full. Then you're ready to move forward. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're listening. Are you out there today? Hallelujah. It was a turning point in my life. It was a turning point in the lives of these people too. Peter boldly began to preach on the streets of Jerusalem. Just a few days before, he denied he even knew Jesus. Yeah. I mean, he messed up. He messed up big time. I mean, he didn't just kind of, you know, smoke a cigarette while Jesus was on the cross. I mean, that's not good, of course, but this is far worse. Huh? So why is he preaching now? Shouldn't the other disciples tap him on the shoulder and say, I don't, I don't think you should preach. You go to the back. You hide behind the curtain. You go to preacher rehab. <laughs> no, no, no. He's boldly preaching. Why? Because the Spirit of God can alter your personality. The Spirit of God can propel you so that you will move forward into your destiny and you can rebound from disaster by the power of the Holy Spirit. And you might say, well, you don't understand my personality and you know how I am. I'm kind of shy, kind of quiet. You don't know what kind of personality you have until you're filled with the Holy Spirit because you will be filled with a divine person and he can alter your personality. There are some gifts that will never be activated in your life until you're filled with the Holy Spirit. There are some callings that you have been given from heaven above, preordained, but they'll never be released in your life until you're filled with the Holy Spirit. We cannot emphasize enough the importance of being filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in other tongues. In Acts 2, 4, the Passion, says, Passion Translation says, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. Tongues is not DDD. Tongues is a language. Glossa is the Greek word for tongues. It means, it doesn't mean, it means language. We have a lot of DDDers in Nogland. DDDD, DDDD. It's like Morse code, I guess. DDDDDDDD, SOS. No, it's not, it's not DD. It's a language, right? Now, maybe you get baptized in the Holy Spirit and you just, like I, like I told you before, you get like one word, bulu. That's happened to some people. They just got bulu. The person next to you is a sola baharamakista, and you're like, bulu, bulu. <laughs> just get bulu. But you, you just keep using your bulu. You know, just keep, just keep, you know, maybe, you're, you know, everybody's worshiping. You're just going, bulu. Let's all pray in the spirit. Bulu, 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 you know. But you, you just, as you yield more to the spirit, you know, you cooperate with him more, it'll begin to flow from, from you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the more you pray in tongues, I'm telling you, the easier it'll be for you spiritually. Sometimes we say, let's pray in the spirit. And some people like, they really struggle. Because the last time they prayed in tongues was 1982. All the gears are rusty now. Notice the scripture verse. Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 9. Don't look it up. By the time you find it, I'll be having my lunch. Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 9. New King James Version says this. 
For then I will restore to the peoples a pure language. For then I will restore to the peoples a pure language, that they may all call on the name of the Lord to serve him with one accord. You know, think about this. At the Tower of Babel, in the book of Genesis, the Tower of Babel, people were united together. They were in unity. Even God said, you know, whatever they purpose to do, they'll be able to do it. But they were gathered together in open defiance of God. And God came down and confused their languages. And they were spread all over the face of the earth. And it was the birth of nations. But in the upper room, in Acts chapter 2, the believers were united together in obedience to Christ. And God came down. And he changed their languages. They already had a mother tongue, but now they've got a father tongue. And he gave them, a, like Zephaniah says, a pure language. And they were spread out all over the world. And it was the birth of the church. Can you take a little bit more? Do you think your chicken can wait a little bit more for you th- this, this afternoon? Can you wait just a little longer? Huh? Huh? I've only been preaching 24 minutes. And I've got three hours to go. So notice Acts chapter 2, again, verse 1. Acts 2, 1 says, when the day of Pentecost arrived. It is significant that God poured out his spirit during the feast of past Pentecost. Pentecost, Because the Jews celebrated three annual feasts. Number one was the feast of unleavened bread or Passover, Pesach. And this was the celebration of Israel's release from Egypt when the blood of the Passover lamb was sprinkled and on the doorposts of their house to save them from judgment and God redeemed them from bondage. We talked about that just a moment ago. Number two, the Feast of Weeks, Shavuot, I think is how it's pronounced, Shavuot. And it occurred seven weeks after Passover on the 50th day. The Greek word Pentecost means 50 days. And it is also called the Feast of Harvest in Exodus 23, 16. It says, the first fruits of your labor. Then thirdly, the Feast of Tabernacles, Tabernacles, Sukkot, Sukkot. And this feast reminded the Israelites how they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. It was also called the Feast of Ingathering, the Feast of Ingathering. And in Exodus 23, 16, we read that it occurred at the end of the year, and it was a celebration of the final harvest. Each festival is symbolic, has a, has a, has a lesson for us today. Bear with me here. Christ was crucified during Passover because he is our Passover lamb. Hallelujah. That's what 1 Corinthians 5, 7 says. The Holy Spirit was poured out during Pentecost, which is the feast of first fruits. It was the beginning of the church age. The feast of tabernacles is the final harvest at the end of the church age. It represents Christ's return. And here's my point. Two of these festivals had something to do with harvest and rain. Two of these festivals had something to do with harvest and rain. And Israel had two rainy seasons. The first rainy season came, you know, early, you know, in the springtime. That's when they plant the seed. And then there was some the initial harvest after that. 
And then they had a second rain, sometimes called the final rain or the latter rain, which happened in the fall. And that's when they gathered in all of their, all of their field. And in the scripture, rain is often a type of the spirit. In Hosea chapter 6, verse 3, we read, He will come to us like the rain, like the latter and former rain to the earth. He's talking about the early rains and the end-time harvest rains. Rain falls, and so does God's Spirit. While Peter was preaching to Cornelius, the Holy Spirit fell on all those who heard the word in Acts 10, 44. Rain refreshes, and so does the Spirit. Acts 3, 20 says, times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. And rain waters the earth, and causing the earth to be productive. James 5, 7 says that the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth. He's patient until the earth receives the early and the latter rain. When is Jesus coming back? What is he waiting for? He's waiting for the final harvest of souls, and that will never happen without the early and the latter rain. And when Peter preached to the crowds on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, verse 16 and 17, he said, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last days God declares, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. The Amplified Bible says this is the beginning of what was spoken by the prophet Joel. So here's my point. I'm convinced, spiritually speaking, the early rains began 2,000 years ago on the day of Pentecost. Peter said this is the beginning of the last days when God says, I'll pour out my spirit. You and I are living in the time of the latter rain." You and I are living at the end of the last days before Jesus returns. I'm quite sure of that. Hallelujah. After the early rains in Israel, there was a long stretch of dry weather until the rains came again at the end of the year. After the birth of the church, we do see in history a steady decline. There was an extended period of spiritual dryness. But now... In our day, in more modern times, it's beginning to rain. There's always been a little sprinkling of rain throughout church history, but now it's beginning to rain. The seasons are changing. They have been for some time, but they're accelerated now because we're living in the time of the latter rain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So what should we do? Notice this scripture verse. I'm giving you a lot. I'm sorry, but here we go. Zechariah chapter 10 verse 1 says, Ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. The Lord will make flashing clouds. He will give them showers of rain, grass in the field for everyone. We can pray for the rain. We can pray for the rain. Why? Because the farmer is waiting for the precious fruit of the earth, and it will not be received without the rain. The rain meaning the outpouring of God's spirit. Hallelujah. So we need to pray for the outpouring of the spirit of God, the rain in this day and in our generation. A few little quick thoughts as I conclude today. Rain is rain. Whether it's Indian rain, Russian rain, American rain, Honduras rain, Turkey rain, rain is rain. It's all the same. And the Holy Spirit is the same. 
There's not one American spirit and another German spirit and then another Indian spirit. The Holy Spirit is just one spirit. So what we experience today is what God wants every believer to experience all over the body of Christ. Hallelujah. This is not a cultural reign. This is a spiritual reign. And rain affects everyone. The rain doesn't care whether you're tall or short. But if you're short, it'll take a little longer to get to you. But the rain doesn't care whether you're rich or poor. The rain doesn't care whether you're educated or uneducated. Hallelujah. Rain affects everybody. And God said, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. That means Nepali flesh. That means Naga flesh. That means South Indian flesh. That means European flesh, Chinese flesh, all flesh. That means everybody. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And when the rains continue without interruption, it changes the landscape. Streets are flooded. Mountains in Nagaland begin to slide. Right? Maybe the reason your mountain is not moving is you need some more rain in your life. Come on. Hallelujah. Rivers overflow their banks. And when God pours out his spirit, oh, I mean, you know, throughout the year, there's a little sprinkle here, a little sprinkle there. But you know, when it's rainy, when the monsoon rains come, it's going to rain every day. And it's going to keep on raining and raining and raining. And you may be cursing, but the farmers are rejoicing. Amen. Hallelujah. When God pours out his spirit... Without interruption, it changes the spiritual landscape in our lives. Hallelujah. Obstacles are washed away. Glory to God. Our lives are flooded with his power. In fact, the rains can flood a city. Glory to God. The rains can flood whole vast areas, swaths of land. God wants to flood Nagaland with the Holy Ghost. God wants to flood Assam with the Holy Ghost and Arunachal and Manipur and Magalaya and, and West Bengal and Nepal and Bhutan and Myanmar. God wants to flood the world. He said, as I live, the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. God wants to flood this place with his spirit. So our churches are flooded and filled with glory and sinners are swept irresistibly into his presence and fall before him in honor and gratitude. Hallelujah. So what are we going to do today? We're going to pray. We're going to pray for the rain. I invite you to stand with me to your feet today.